0: You're listening to the Auburn Express. What's up in War Eagle, War Report family? You got Ike Jones back in with another Morning Drop. Today, we are talking about key matchups as Auburn is set to face Alabama in the Iron Bowl this coming weekend. Let's get in here and talk about it. Y'all know how we do right here, War Report style. Drop it on them. Morning drop. It is Wednesday, November twenty second. You got Ike Jones in here doing a little more football talk. Congratulations to the Auburn basketball team for going ahead and handling business last night versus Alabama A and M. Pretty good first half, sloppy second half, uh, but able to get another victory, fourth straight victory there on the season for them. Uh, but we're in here to talk a little bit of Auburn football. Hopefully everybody is having a good Wednesday so far. A lot of great content coming out from the channel. We'll talk more about that here in just a minute. But as we get into the conversation, you guys need to be doing the necessary, and that is sharing the video. Go ahead and hit that share button. Let somebody know that the War Report's out here talking football today. And uh, we've got some great things that we need to discuss. If you haven't already, go ahead and give the thumbs up on that video. Definitely appreciate those of you who have continued to support in that way. Subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. Giving us that free subscription, that free thumbs up. Always wonderful. And I appreciate it so much when you do that. If you're out there listening in the podcast world, share this pod with somebody. Go ahead and give us that five-star review there as well. All right. Let's get into the conversation here about Auburn football in the Iron Bowl this weekend. And listen, a lot of the conversation around social media that I've seen, uh, whether that's been uh, actual social media or you're talking about maybe some of the the discords and, and chats around there, it's been pretty negative, right? Like Auburn fans are still very much in the, yeah, I don't see very much hope in this game. And listen, there's not a ton. I'm not here to... to to lift the collective spirits of the Auburn fan base today and talk about all of the ways in which Auburn can dominate this game. It's really just going to come down to Auburn playing a clean game and doing what they need to do. But there are matchups that, in my opinion, favor Auburn in this game, and we'll get into those a little bit today. Um, First and foremost, let's talk about from the perspective of the Auburn offense going against the Bama defense. This Bama defense has gotten better over the season. Uh, they've definitely learned how to play the system a little bit better. They're full of a ton of great athletes on that team. But the place where I see that Auburn has a potential, a potential to come in here and do some damage is going to be in the pass game. That's unfortunate because the Auburn pass game has not been very efficient so far this year. Um, uh, but Efficiency and just being able to take what the defense gives you is really going to be the key to this game for Auburn and not trying to do too much. Um, Alabama's a, a disciplined team, and they're not really going to give up a ton of big plays unless you make them start to take chances because they're getting frustrated so you have to be efficient you have to be okay with getting two and three yards sometimes you have to be okay with getting the five yards sometimes that they're going to give you they're going to challenge you on the outside and it is going to require you to win some stuff one-on-one and when I say win I don't mean necessarily getting wide open I mean making contested catches I mean uh you know taking a hit after you're, you, uh, you know, make a catch, right? It's not going to be a lot of just wide open windows, but you can definitely get into a, to a scenario because they are going to be so concentrated in my opinion on stopping the run, both the running backs and the quarterback run, I think are going to be focal points for this offense. They're going to say, Auburn, you're going to have to figure out how to beat us throwing the football. Uh, now, If we remember last season in the Iron Bowl in Tuscaloosa, they came in with a very similar game plan. They said, Auburn, you're going to have to beat us throwing the football. And Auburn was still able to run the ball because of – the the mindset that they had developed over those weeks of saying we're going to go out here and we're going to play bully ball now again didn't work in auburn's favor as far as the final score the final outcome is concerned but i do believe that this is a better offensive line unit than last year's offensive line unit that went into tuscaloosa i do believe that we have uh the ability to spread them out a little bit more and throw the football a little bit more accurately with peyton thorne the difference is Robbie Ashford's not the quarterback, and so you don't have the same type of dynamic athlete at quarterback that's able to help your offense get off-schedule stuff or do more things dynamically. Peyton Thorne, while being a really good athlete, is definitely – I mean, we've we've documented over and over again, Peyton Thorne's not Robbie Ashford. So – what are you going to have to do if you're Auburn football in terms of the offense going against this Bama defense is you're going to have to supplement what you can't get in the run game with your short passing game. And Auburn has not done a great job of that so far this season in getting into some creative play calling that will allow athletes in space to do their thing partially because we haven't pl- blocked particularly well on the outside. So this is what I don't want to see a bunch of because I think uh, the athletes for Alabama are too good on the outside is a lot of that, uh, the, the the orbit motion thing where we're going to you know, flare the back out to the side and we're going to try to throw that out there. Uh, I don't want to see a lot of that unless the numbers dictate that we have that. I really want to see a fundamentally sound RPO game from Peyton Thorne. Fundamentally sound RPO game from Peyton Thorne. My opinion, that's the best way to be able to attack this Alabama defense is the RPO allowing you to have an answer for how they are aligned. The last game, I'll say I won't go back too far and talk about games that we've won. But in this last game in particular, I don't think the I think this offense has been super handcuffed right now. And we are really just going out there and we're calling plays and saying, all right, this is where the ball is supposed to go. Um, and it's not a lot of reading. It's not a lot of understanding of what's happening. And I don't know if that is a decision that was made in the leak of uh, the week leading up to the game, or if that's been a cumulative effect of, of making poor decisions in the RPO game that we've come away from that RPO a little bit, or particularly in New Mexico state didn't do it very much. Honestly, if, 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 this is an if because I don't know what the play calls were, if it was an RPO thing, and if you watched the film with me earlier this week on Monday, you know already what I'm about to say in my opinion on this. If the RPO was in effect for a lot of these plays that were either handoffs or keeps or throws, Peyton Thorne did not have a good football game against New Mexico State. He missed a lot of reads if he was given the option to do something different and he just... Wasn't wasn't a great football game from Peyton Thorne in that respect. He needs to be better in the RPO game in order for Auburn to be able to move the ball efficiently. It needs to look more like what it did against Georgia. Also, I've already talked about this. Georgia was a little bit different in how they approached it. They said our front, you know, six, seven. It, we're gonna ha- task them with handling the run and the RPO, and we're gonna play on the outsides, and we're not gonna bring a bunch of extra folks. I don't know if Alabama's gonna have that same philosophy. Kevin Steele is a guy who likes to um, vary up some of his things, uh, vary some of the defensive looks that he's gonna have, but he does usually stick to core philosophies, and I think that some of the things that we can do in the RPO can be successful against a Kevin Steele defense if, if again your quarterback is being efficient. If your quarterback is being efficient, meaning handoff when the numbers say the handoff, keep when the numbers say keep, throw the slant, the out, the fade, whatever the RPO route is on the back end of that uh, RPO tag, uh, the pass tag on the back end of that run. If he's doing those things efficiently, then you should have answers for whatever they're going to do. Then it comes down, down to making plays, right? Like, yeah, it might not be wide open. Go ahead and let it rip. crush your wide receiver going to make the play. Throw into that open window. Yeah, it might not be wide open, but go ahead and, you know, it, it may be a muddy look, I should say, on the handoff or the keep, but – What do the numbers say that you need to do based upon, you know, if it's a stretch zone to the right and the numbers say, all right, they've got less people off to the right. Trust your guys to make the blocks go ahead and hand it off, even if you have the defensive end crashing down because they're likely going to be playing some sort of gap replacement. Right. You just need to be able to be efficient in your RPO game um, and be better. And how you approach that from a coaching standpoint. Again, if it's the coaches saying, hey, we're not going to have a lot of options or from a player standpoint of reading and reacting to what's happening out there. Uh, listen, it's it's game 12. We don't have the, the excuses of, um, you know, first year and, and having time in the offseason. Listen, you've had 11 games to get continuity together. Let's go out there and be efficient on offense and understand who can do what from a standpoint of receivers running routes. Let guys who are playmakers be out there and make plays consistently for you. It's the experimental time of trying to figure out who can do stuff. We shouldn't still be at that place in the season. And it's ridiculous that we're even having to have that conversation about who can run certain routes and who should be in, in certain personnel packages. Put your best playmakers out there. Let them go make plays. They don't have a lot more opportunities in this season to do that for you. Need to see a big game from the guys Who you have that have been consistently Making plays for you or have been available To make plays but you haven't gotten them the ball Let's get them the ball in this football game The RPO should have the answer Let's run it efficiently Peyton Thorne Hopefully you're able to do that in this game Um Now, flipping it over to the other side, and we talk about the Alabama offense versus the Auburn defense. Um, Auburn defense, the Auburn defense did not play a good game against New Mexico State. A lot of missed tackles, Coach Ufree says, probably the most missed tackles that they've tallied on any singular game so far this season. Uh, There were a lot of opportunities missed defensively to shut drives down, penalties, extending drives. Regardless of what you feel about the officiating That's kind of irrelevant You kind of you still have to play through those whistles And make sure that you're doing your job To continue to shut things down When you have the opportunities And even with the whistles Auburn did have those opportunities to do that um, Where I think Auburn can have an advantage Can, not definitely will, can So get your panties out of a wad If you're listening to this in Third town Can have an advantage Is in the pass rush game Though um, Alabama has a bunch of big and physical guys up front. If Auburn is sound in their gap discipline against the run in this game, then you get into pass rush scenarios. Auburn has pass rushers that can impact Alabama's um, passing game. You just got to get the guy to the ground when you get there, which we didn't do a great job with Pavia. But statistically, Auburn, excuse me, Alabama has allowed the 13th most sacks this season. So, and they've gotten better in their protections, and their running backs have gotten better, and they've they've been doing more max protect stuff and rolling the pocket right. So the play calling has helped Jalen Milrow a lot, be able to to be able to to alleviate some of the pressure that he's under. But this is a game where your pass rush has to be effective, and when they get there, they need to get home, and you have to rush with discipline. I love the game plan that we came in with when we were playing against Mississippi State, and the way that they were playing with a spy, the way that we did against uh, KJ Jefferson how we were spying him and bringing the pass rush, inviting certain rush lanes for him to escape. But you had an answer for it with a guy that was going to be looping around on a stunt or something like that. That's the type of game plan you need to see here versus Alabama, even though they aren't going to major on the QB run as part of some sort of read option thing, they are going to have the quarterback improvise or the quarterback is going to improvise in certain scenarios. And he's going And his legs are going to definitely be a threat Um uh, you know, he's a different kind of athlete than the other quarterbacks that you face so far this season that have a dual threat ability. Uh, he, he's 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 a a different combination of speed and power uh, because KJ Jefferson is more strength than he is speed. Um, a guy like Wright when we played against New Mexico State is more speed than he is strength. Jalen Milrow is a good combination of both speed and strength. So you, when you get there, you got to bring your pads and wrap up. And uh, you need guys like Eugene Sante and and Cam Riley and Keontae Scott that have been the most effective in bringing pressure, um, Jalen McLeod, effective in bringing pressure, be there to get to the quarterback, and then when they get there, make sure they're getting him to the ground or impacting whatever throw he's attempting to make. Uh, so. You do have the ability, I think, to get some pressure in here on this young man, and you're going to need to force him to make a couple of mistakes in this game, which he has been known to do a couple of times this season. This will be his first Iron Bowl, It'll and it's on the road. I mean, he was there in the Iron Bowl last year, didn't play, but this will be his first real Iron Bowl experience. So hopefully, you know, the emotions are high and we'll be able to rattle him early and then, you know hold on for dear life. That's really the the philosophy here is you, you rattle the cage early, they make some mistakes, you jump out into a leak, and then you just try to hold on to that lead. Um, but you do have some opportunities, I think, in the pass rush game if you're able to be sound in your pass rush integrity and in the lanes that you're taking because you do have in my opinion, more speed around the edge than Alabama is able to handle with those tackles in specific. Um, so Jalen um, Milroe and Jalen McLeod should have a lot of meetings in this game. McLeod and Milroe should have a lot of meetings in this game if we're out here handling business the proper way. All right. That's enough of me talking. Again, I know you guys don't come here and want to listen to me talk this entire time. So we're going to get into your questions, comments, concerns, all of those things. War Report family, you are listening to The Morning Drop, where we talk about the most recent and relevant Auburn sports news. We broadcast live from The War Report's YouTube channel on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 Central Time. You're welcome to come watch it live, but the live chat is reserved for our YouTube channel members only. So come on by. Become a member and get active in the best Auburn sports community on the webs. We'll be right back after we pay a couple bills. Drop. Thanks for sticking around through the ad break. Now here's the rest of your morning drop. drop. All right. The Difference Makers are out here in the War Report chat today, and I appreciate you guys jumping in with me. As you know, when I'm rolling solo, it takes me a little bit longer to get to your comments because I am so busy running my mouth that I don't look at the chat as much. So I kind of have to pause and do that here, but I definitely appreciate you guys jumping in. While I'm looking through here trying to find some great comments from you all, which I know are available, go ahead and hit the thumbs up on this video right now while you're thinking about it. And uh, and and we can get this thing mov- moving. Uh, Knox, Cleveland, I'll get it jumped off here with you. Who says? Hopefully, we have some fire this weekend. Definitely hoping that Auburn comes out and plays with their hair on fire. Uh, P Pass thinks that Jay Fair goes crazy on this team up north, and it's over. Jay Fair is one of those guys who I'm talking about who I don't feel like Auburn has done enough to get him involved in the game plan out of like the, the little wide receiver orbit motion screens that we try to do to kind of get the ball in his hands out in space. Um, Jay Fair, man, listen, Um, I could do a whole cut up of times that Jay Fair was absolutely wide open and he didn't get the football and the quarterback wasn't under pressure. I could just go and do that and and probably do a 10 minute video of just those cut ups. Get the ball in this young man's hands and let him be a dynamic playmaker for you. I'm hoping Auburn plays him on the outside a little bit in this game. If we are going to be committed playing 12 personnel, um, one running back, two tight ends for those that don't know what 12 personnel is. If we're going to be committed to playing 12 personnel and only having two receivers on the field, Jay Fair needs to be one of those receivers, in my opinion. Figure it out. Get him out there. I understand he's not the prototypical height for an outside receiver, but he understands what he needs to do uh, and he understands where he needs to be. Get him on the field and let him go out there and do some of the things that Peyton Thorne's comfortable with, right? Like he can make that same back shoulder throw that you're throwing to Cam Brown on third and four. You could throw that to Jay Fair, even though because you're not throwing you're not throwing it, you know, as a, you know, 50-50 ball up top. You're throwing it as a back shoulder. You can throw that to Jay Fair, right? Get him out there on the field and let him do the things that he's able to do athletically that allow you to be successful. Let's stop being so beholden to a profile of what the size of a receiver is and understand, okay, this is the kind of receiver I have. This is the kind of things that I need to do. Again, this 12th game of the season, uh, there's no reason why we should still be having these conversation, but we definitely are. Um, Cool Breeze says that we need some Robbie packages in this game. Uh, we'll see. I mean, we have, we've seen that disappear over the last few games. And um, I think you're tempted to say, oh, it just doesn't work because it didn't work versus New Mexico State. But then you ignore the fact that it worked versus these other teams. Um, didn't see a heavy amount of Robbie packages in the Georgia game. But I think that there is an opportunity to come in and do this. Listen, New Mexico State... Didn't have any issues running two quarterbacks out there on the field for specific patches, packages and specific instances. Um, We were talking about this in the uh, and shout out to the green name game that was in there uh, doing the film review with me. It really comes down to the ego of the players, if we're being honest. If you don't have ego about, okay, I need to be in there because, you know, it's disrupted my rip man, go out there and play football, man. I don't care if I get four snaps or 40, the snaps that I'm going to get, I'm going to be effective in those. If we can get past that, but again, game 12, we shouldn't be talking about ifs. We should be talking about what we've seen as established patterns and moving forward and trying to capitalize on those. Um, Package, putting guys in for a particular package shouldn't be an issue. So hopefully we have, you know, we can put that aside at least for one week in a bowl game and we can go out there and handle business. TK jumps in and says, absolutely, Ike, they will sell out, load the box, and and, and spy QB1 uh, and say, throw it if you can. Uh, That's really going to be the way that I believe Alabama is going to approach this, is they're going to make sure that they have someone assigned to Peyton Thorne on every play, and it's going to be up to the offensive coordinator and Peyton Thorn for figuring out when we're in certain looks this is how they've decided to account for the quarterback because the quarterback run has been a heavy part of the offense regardless of who the quarterback is so if they're going to account for the quarterback in certain ways whether that's bringing a safety down whether that's going to be an outside linebacker then we need to have a counter for okay this is how they account for the quarterback this is what we're going to do to counterpunch against that even if it looks ugly early because we don't figure it out quickly then once we figure it out, we need to have a way that we're going to pivot and attack that. That's one thing that I think that we've done a poor job of so far this season is – pivoting to attack what's been shown as the tendency of those teams, particularly when we're in those situations where they're bringing the heavy run blitzes. We're just not really counterpunching consistently in those situations. And I think a lot of that has to do with the lack of confidence that we have in this quarterback and wide receiver core to be able to parse those things out and make good decisions or um, play off of those things in some sort of real option offense, which we have gone away from. Uh, P-Pass jumps back in and says we have to have much better linebackers and scheme in this game. Uh, the linebacker play was left something to be desired for sure versus New Mexico State. Uh, from a scheme standpoint, we were pretty vanilla, and I don't I don't anticipate us being that vanilla in this game. Again, I think a lot of people walked into that game and felt as if – We didn't have to give maximum effort and we could still get out of there with a victory, even with, you know, uh, a B-C performance. And we went out there and put a D-F performance on the field and got beaten and beaten badly. So, um, again, that's a lesson to just never underestimate your opponent. And I don't think that that's going to be an issue this week. uh, But you need to go out there and play with some, some passion this week in order to get the dub. James Barnett asks, do you think Coach Hugh Freeze uses Robbie after the way he ran all over their defense? I'm not saying he should start, but why go away with what will probably work? Robbie ran all over a lot of defenses last year that we uh, didn't take advantage of. He did it versus LSU the previous year. They didn't go out there and use him a bunch versus LSU um, in that way. He did it a bunch versus Mississippi State. Didn't see him in that game. He did it a bunch versus Ole Miss. We didn't see him in that game. I don't see any reason why that's going to change. It doesn't seem as if, you know, whatever happened last season has any bearing on this season. So to your question, will he, uh, based upon what he's shown over the last couple of weeks, I'm going to say no, but I do think that there's an opportunity for um, Robbie Ashford to impact this football game if allowed to. Uh, Let's see here. Chris S. says, offense was really good in last year's Iron Bowl. We had five scoring drives. We just couldn't stop Bryce Young. Absolutely. Um, You know, there wasn't an issue with us moving the ball last year, but we just didn't get any stops, really. Uh, Like, we stopped him a couple of times early, and then after that, it was just, it was open season. So, better defense this year. Um, In my opinion, slightly better offense this year. Uh, but we haven't found the continuity on offense and the momentum that we had in those last four games leading up to the Iron Bowl. Uh, we felt like we had it, again, versus some some competition that wasn't necessarily as good. Better defenses statistically, but just not great teams overall. But so we need to figure out how to get back to that winning formula. Uh, let's see here. Knox Cleveland says, big recruiting weekend, too. Yes, Coach Freeze talked about how many recruits he expects to be in the buildings, particularly guys that are highly coveted, highly touted um, recruits. And so um, the product on the field is going to matter in this game, in my opinion. Like, And when I say that it's going to matter, I don't think that you have to go out there and win. I don't even think that it needs to be close. I just think that it needs to be energetic and it needs to – if. If this game comes down to, man, they're just more talented than us, then that's still a good recruiting pitch, right? Ah, oh, man, they, they they just, man, you just can't overcome the talent gap. If it really, if on the field, it really, the loss looks like a difference in talent, that's still a really great recruiting pitch. So losing the game or winning or losing the game is not what I mean about the product on the field mattering, Um But if you come out there and you play with your hair on fire and you make it interesting and or win this game, then you, in your mind, put a message out there to the recruits that we weren't the more talented team, but we have really good coaches who are putting guys in positions to be able to do things. Imagine what they could do with you with all that talent. Listen to this crowd. Look at this environment. Look at this atmosphere. Look at the the effort that you're getting from the guys that are going to be around you that are going to be coming back next season. All of those things matter. The, the, the mood in the locker room and on the sidelines that the recruits are able to see, how we're communicating with one another in those moments. Those things matter to the recruits as well. So you have to figure out how to make sure that whatever picture you paint, um, it so says to a recruit, I have a place in this, uh, whether again, win or loss, you have to get to that place. Uh, P-Pass asks, does the team up north go nine in the box like New Mexico State? Um, I don't know. I don't know if they're going to consistently do that. Again, you know, when you look at the Georgia game and you look at some of the teams that I think feel as if athletically or from a talent perspective, they should be good enough to win. They may start out giving you some, you know, seven or less box looks. I think a lot of it's going to have to do with personnel groupings as well. I think we helped New Mexico State a little bit by staying with the 12 personnel grouping and not spreading them out a little bit more. When you get into those condensed sets, it allows them to be more exotic in the middle with what they're doing, how they're bringing their pressure looks because there's more guys for you have to sort out of who's coming and who's not. When you spread it out, it's more obvious who's coming and who's not. You give your quarterback some pre-snap motion to try to see if you can detect what they're doing with the Movement up front. Um, I think we have to set this quarterback and team up for success a little bit better um, in this game than we did versus New Mexico State. Again, I think we thought we could come in here and just push them around, and New Mexico State wasn't getting pushed around. Plus, they were just putting more people there than you could block, so it makes it a little bit more difficult to run your stuff when they're bringing more people than you can block, and you're not giving your 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 offense answers for those things. Uh, Let's see. Jonathan Boyson says need to keep it close and keep the crowd in the game. This is a huge recruiting weekend and hopefully the atmosphere will be electric all game. It would definitely help to have an electric atmosphere, you know, and let me be clear about this. If I haven't been clear before, though, I think that the Auburn fan base needs to show up for this team. And I do say the word needs intentionally needs to show up for this team and create that kind of atmosphere. The fans are not responsible for wins and losses. You just help create an environment that allows players to feel good energy in the building. If you don't think home field advantage and you don't think the crowd and the atmosphere matter, then I don't know what to tell you about the nature of how sports work and how momentum works and all of those things. They absolutely matter. So if you don't feel as if fans have a portion to play in this entire Uh, collective, I'll use the word collective intentionally there, if you don't feel like the fans have a a portion to play in that collective environment that we create, then you don't watch sports very much. So, no, you can't, yes, the players have to show up, and yes, the coach, like, okay, cool, yes, obviously they do, but Nothing I can say or nothing I say really has any impact on those. But I do talk to fans all the time. So you are the ones that I want to try to get in here and get motivated to go out there and bring the energy into the atmosphere. I I mean, I don't know how many players actually watch this. Their parents do, but they're fans and they're going to be in there and they're going to be cheering their sons on. I want the players to have that same kind of feeling as if you were related to them. Go out there and cheer them on, man, and bring that energy out there this weekend because it will matter. Ultimately, again, it may not impact the final score of the game, but the players will feel that energy very differently and it may spur on their effort a little bit differently. Uh, Let's see. Cool Breeze thinks that special teams needs to be big this weekend. Uh, Listen, two great kickers are going to be on the field uh, in this game. And so I do think special teams is going to play a key role in this. Uh, Auburn needs to. Take points where they're available, and and listen, if we can get into field goal range, it's okay to play for field goals a couple of times in here and trust your defense. Go get threes if you need to, Um, but we definitely need to make sure that we're coveting possessions and coveting points uh, because I think that if you keep the score close, then you give yourself a chance at the end. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. What else do we have here? Chris, excuse me. Walker show says history says this will not go well against Bama. I don't know what history you're talking about, um, but OK. Um, maybe you can be more specific about what you mean by history. or Maybe I scrolled past that history lesson that you're trying to give us. Let's see. Cool Breeze thinks that Fairweather has to channel his inner Brock Bowers. Uh, Brock Bowers is a, is a, there's a different kind of animal. So maybe he's got Brock Bowers internally somewhere, but yeah, if you're talking about him being able to be both a pass catching threat and a great r- blocker, then I absolutely will take that with him being a little dinged up this game, particularly it being an upper body injury. I think that actually bodes well for him. Um, does not bode well for him being a better blocker than he has been traditionally. Um, But it would be nice. It would definitely be nice to see uh, him be able to go out there and have an impact in the game in in both of those areas, both in catching the ball and in his pass blocking ability or run blocking, whatever kind of blocking ability. Um, All right, man. Anyway, that's enough. It's enough of me sitting here talking because we got so much more. I told you there's a lot of content. We've already got the um, – the Josh Pay interview that's out there. You guys can go check that out if you haven't. We got an interview with Coach Bruce Pearl. It doesn't sit down a lot with people during the season, but we did get an opportunity to do that. So Bruce, Coach Bruce Pearl's interview is going to be dropping today at 1 p.m. We've got the Midweek Rapport, another live stream coming tonight. So you guys can go out there and uh, be, be right back here uh, tonight to check that out. And we'll be talking more about this game and all the other games around the SEC. So make sure you guys tap in with that. Building reports are out there. All kinds of great content. If you haven't, go catch up today as we get into the holiday week. Once again, I will be back at you guys tonight with the Midweek Report. Before you get out of here, like the video, subscribe to the channel, share the video with somebody else. Give us the five-star review out there on podcasts. Until the next time, and as always, War Eagle. Drop! Drop!